Okay, if I wasn't nervous, I'm even more nervous. And I told Terry, I said, is it okay to even share that I was very nervous since Thursday? Just this message has been stirring in my heart. And Wednesday, I was having lunch with some friends, and one of them looked to me and said, nervous, you can talk in front of people. I said, it's not the talking in front of people that makes me nervous. It's giving you what the Lord has given me to be able to present it because he has given me so much, and then some of it is for myself. So I, I have in Armenia written in my Bible, and this morning my eyes fell on it, and it says, don't say everything that's in your heart. <laughs> and that's almost like my mom speaking to me because it's just one of those things that, you know, I just love being honest with people. I just love being myself with people. And when I'm with people, I can say a lot of things. But today I want to bring a message that's been very dear to my heart. And I just want to say happy Mother's Day to everyone. But then also to Jennifer and Benjamin for making me a mother. And I want to say my mom is watching because uh, Benjamin made sure because she, she, I have to share every Sunday morning because she loves uh, listening to Benjamin on Sunday mornings. And just to say thank you, mom, for all the things that you planted in me and that now it's growing and you are going to receive your reward one day. So I love you. I know it is, it is Mother's Day, and we are going to speak about moms. And this is one of those things, every one of you has a mother. And I know that. Some of us, they're in eternity. Because yesterday I was at a funeral with a friend that just sent her mom to heaven. And I know some of my friends in Bible study that we have talked that this year their moms went to be with the Lord. And I know, Melissa, you still miss your mom. And I know some of you, it's a very difficult day, even though we're celebrating. So I want to be reminded of that. And at the same time, I have two dear friends, Kathy uh, Scallon and Sally. The other day we were talking about uh, our childhood and both of them were, one was three months old and one was four months old when their moms went to be with the Lord. So they were entrusted. They were entrusted to others to raise them. And that's the word the Lord has been giving me. Entrusted. There are women here that are moms as you have your children and you know very well. Because I just saw Caitlin's little Hadassah uh, carrying that big rose which was maybe longer than even how tall she was. And I know that some of you have moms and some of you have moms that are not your own mother that bore you, but they are the ones that are like moms to you. They have carried you. They have encouraged you. They have told you things that no one else would tell you because they knew you so well and they loved you so much. And so I want to talk to those moms. And then also I'm reminded that some moms are entrusted with children that are not their own, They've never had children, but God has entrusted them with children. And I was, became a mom at 22 years old for the first time in my life with an orphanage in Lebanon. And when I arrived there, of course, I had studied in San Luis Obispo, and I had studied child education. And my brother, who was in Beirut, Lebanon, 
And he had told me, I need you for the kindergarten. And I said, let me graduate at least. And she, and he said, but school has started over here. So I left, my friend went to get my diploma and I went to Lebanon, but the orphanage was what became my heart because we lived there with the orphanage. And then every day we went to school, the bus would come for them. But every morning, 4.30, I don't know how I did it, but 4.30 I would be up and then 6.30 I would start waking them up in the rooms of the orphanage. And by the time I got to room number three, room number one were still sleeping. They were back in bed. And I know those two girls that are now, you know, moms themselves. One has has married, the other one has not. But I would go back in there and I would say, I can't keep doing this. You guys have to get up because the bus will be coming. And so I became a mother of children that were not my own. But as I was preparing this week, I was reminded, I was sitting one day, every Saturday, these were orphans that maybe their parents had divorced. Maybe the father had left and the mother had to work and she couldn't take care of them. Maybe the Mom had died and the father couldn't take care of them. So they were different situations. So some had loved ones that every Saturday would come and take care of them or bring them candy and spend time with them. And one Saturday I was sitting and I was writing in the dining room so I could be there on site if they needed me. And one little girl came and sat beside me and she said, Miss Hasmik, Orot Hasmik in Armenian, Miss Hasmik, where is my mom? And I knew that when they were brought to the orphanage, they had a mom, she and her sister. They were two and four. But about maybe a few months before that, her mom was killed on the streets of Beirut because the fighting was going on. But we hadn't told them. They were too young to really know. And they didn't really have other relatives. So they were in our care. So I said, oh, Marlon, just sit here. You know, sometimes some moms come to visit and sometimes some moms don't. And I really didn't know what to tell her. And then with big eyes, she looked at me and she said, will you be my mother? And I wanted to sob, but I said, yes. And I took her on my lap. And of course, we were like moms to them, but there was a love there that I didn't understand as much, of course, till years later. But. God had entrusted me with those kids. And as I was talking to my aunt, she's in her 70s now. She was 21 years old when she became the first orphanage mother in Lebanon. But we both knew what it means to have orphans in your family. Both my grandfathers and grandmothers were orphaned because of the massacre in 1915. And I've spoken about that. I'm not going to go into that. But my grandfather, my mom's dad... Samuel was 13 years old when he never saw his mom again, but he stayed focused. He loved the Lord. He loved the word of God because his mom had planted that in him as a child. My mom, my dad's dad was nine years old. He watched them behead his mom as a nine-year-old, but in his love for his mom, He told us when one time he was in a situation where he thought he was going to die. And he started praying, the God of my mother, if you are alive, please help me. And the Lord miraculously saved his life, saved him. He lived to be 80 years old, loved the Lord all his life. But I just want to say that whatever you have in your hand today, 
What is it? What is it that God has entrusted you with? Let's do it as unto him. I know there's a verse I had chosen as we made Kirby, my son-in-law, help me with these uh, bookmarks that you have. I hope you got one as you came in. In case you're wondering what's on the other side, one side is English, but the other side is not just some dribblings or whatever. This is in Armenian (laughs) because I'm fixing to go to Armenia next week, Lord willing. And I want to take these with me and bless the mothers there. But the verse was... After you have, okay, let me read the English to you. It says, but, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. I know you don't want to hear that, but we do. Suffer a while. He will perfect you, establish you, strengthen you. And settle you. First Peter 5.10. So I wanted you to have that to carry in your Bibles and be reminded that, yeah, we are called to suffer a while. And sometimes I tell the Lord, Lord, it's not just a while. Lord, it's not just a moment, momentary. It says our momentary afflictions. Sometimes it lasts a long time. But God is faithful. I'm here to say God is faithful to every time you cry to him, every time you call him, every time you call his name, he is faithful and just to come and carry you, hold you, and bring comfort to your heart where it's needed. Okay, so this is my message. One thing I'm sure that we can go to the Old Testament and find moms, find those that were entrusted. One of them was really kept coming back to me, and I was thinking, she wasn't that old, but we don't know how old she was. Maybe some of you know it, but it was Moses' sister that was entrusted, even though the mom was the one that put the baby in the basket, sent it off, she stayed there. And I think she was bold enough to go to Pharaoh's daughter and speak to her. I mean, she was a Hebrew slave, and yet she waited, she waited, and I don't know how long she waited, but she watched over that basket because she felt like she was responsible. Maybe she was the one holding. I know Ashley, I don't know where she is. She's probably here. She's right there. She has, they have a daughter that, I mean, their their fourth baby, I feel like she's constantly holding her constantly carrying her. And I just see Miriam the same way with Moses. It was almost like she felt responsible for him. And here was mom putting him in a basket and sending him. I mean, I would, I've told my children the other day we were driving or we were in a boat somewhere. I can't remember. And uh, yes, we were in Nakatidoshis, whatever, however that place is. And uh, I told Benjamin, he was right beside me. And I said, you know, if I fall in this waters here, I would die before I even go in. And he said, I know, Mom, you've said that before. Because I'm afraid of even some of the swamps here in Louisiana to fall in them because I don't know what they are. And so what there are in them, that's what I mean. I don't know what there are in them. But she waited, and then she went to Pharaoh's daughter and asked her, do you want me to bring a mother for you to take care of this baby. And I mean, that was boldness. And so she 
was entrusted with that. And then, of course, when you read her story, even in the wilderness, she felt responsible for Moses and some of the decisions he was making. Because there were some times you hear his, her name. But anyways, we can go to the Old Testament. We can look at Samuel's mother, Hannah. What a praying mother. She waited till she got what she was asking from the Lord for. She prayed and prayed and prayed. And her prayer is beautiful if you ever go to 1 Samuel and read it. And then I was thinking, Daniel, nobody talks about his mom. What a mother. She must have lost him because of the captivity. And then he was, became the second to the kingdom. But there was a mother behind him who had taught him who Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were. Because he, she had, their moms had influenced them where they stayed true to the Lord God. Because when they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he had learned it as a child, the Shama. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all, with all your mind, with all your soul. And that is what we are entrusted with. Wherever we are, whatever we're entrusted with is putting the word of God in them, in our children, so that one day they will speak things like Benjamin did. No, that, that is like, wow, thank you, Lord. That is the addition. That is the surplus. But that they will walk in the ways of the Lord all the days of their life. And when they are away from you, they are still faithful to the Lord. Not because mom saw it, not because mom was going to punish them. And because, yeah, daddy always would say, sure, you know, <laughs> he was always the fun one. But of course, we both praying for our kids, putting them in the hands of the Lord, teaching them God's word. We knew that the Lord is faithful to keep them that which you've committed to him. And entrusting means committing. And I feel like that is what the Lord wants us today to hear, that we need to entrust our children that he has put in our hands, whatever way you have children, the Lord has put in, our, in your hands. And they can be adult children. They can be people that you are ministering to right now in schools, in places that the Lord has given you. And that you are going to put God's word in them and, and really pray for them. Because let's go to 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse 14. Because I, this is what Paul was writing to Timothy. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. That good thing. Because the Lord is the one that entrusts us with things. And so, and then 2 uh, Timothy, second uh, chapter two, verse two, and then you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And here's the verse two, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. It's talking about faithful men. And we need to be, as women, we need to be faithful to what God has given us. And so we can give the next generation what they need to give to the next generation. Because our God is faithful to thousands of generations. And I know that this chapter in Proverbs has probably been so... Uh, 
spoken of so much, and you probably even know it by heart. I don't know. Does anybody know the whole chapter by heart? By this time, we should be able to just know it by heart as many times as we've heard and read. But this week, it was very new to me. Chapter 31, verse 1. And it says, okay, Proverbs 31, verse 1. And it says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Do you notice that? It was his mom that had taught him these things. And what was new to me here was, it is talking, yes, his mom is teaching him. And Lemuel is another name for Solomon. Solomon's mom, who when I went to look at 2 Kings, and in 2 Kings and chapter... um, Let's see. Chapter 2, verse 12. It says, then, so, then set Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Now verse 19. Because this is where his mom comes in. And it said, Bathsheba therefore went to King Solomon. Bathsheba was Solomon's mother. If you didn't know that, that's who the mother is that has written and taught in Proverbs 31. That was new to me because it was his mom. Solomon was one of the wisest kings that ever lived, and God had given him that wisdom. But his mom taught him some things. Even though he had a lot of wisdom, that was just so amazing to me that a mom could still teach him some things. Everybody that believes that, Go ahead and clap for that because it is like we have something to teach even though we have wise children, we have people that we're around because God puts things in you that you need to entrust to others. And when I read this, it said, he came to see him for something, for Adonijah, which was their brother. And the king, King Solomon, who was one of the greatest kings in the world, rose up to meet her, bow down to her, this is his mom, and sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. So she sat at his right hand. I thought, wow, you know, we need to respect those that are among us. When I came in, I saw Miss Saronelle, and she's 96 or 97. I always get it confused. But she's in church today because she has been through a lot. But when we come and see people that have persevered, that have gone before us. We need to have respect for them. Here is King Solomon standing up for his mom. And I just love that. And when I went to Proverbs this week, and I was looking at it, and I know I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't think he was talking about one woman could do all these things. Because if you read it, I mean, I, yes, I wrote my mom this morning. I said, Mom, you're such a Proverbs 31 mom. But there is just so many things that I believe it's the body of Christ of women that come together. And we together make up all these things that happen here. But one of the things that really stood out was chapter 31, verse 10. It's not saying who can find a virtuous mother. It's saying, who can find a virtuous woman? So every woman has something in them that God has put in us that we can do, we can give, we can speak, we can bless, we can uh, comfort where comfort is needed. 
And so when we have been entrusted with so much, it says in Luke 12, 48, and let's go there because this is Jesus speaking. And he gave a story of that steward that was leaving. And he gave some five, some three, and some one. Or five, two, and one. And when he came back, because it said the kingdom of God is just like that. God has entrusted us with things. And it said, he who did not know yet committed things, uh, I don't think, shall be beaten with few. Oh, okay. Well, this is another interpretation. Yes, because it's talking about when we have been entrusted with so much, we are going to be responsible for that. And let's see, that must have been the wrong one I gave you. Oh, here it is. Okay. How do we go to that? Okay, it says, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. Much will be required. So that, that verse kind of puts me in a position where I'm saying, Lord, I need you to help me with what you are giving me. That I can hold it up. Whatever you're giving me, whoever you're putting in my path, that I am doing it as unto you, Lord. And you're the one that's going to give me the reward and at the same time require of me what I have done with what you have given me. A few weeks ago, I was with family and one of my cousins had twins. And this, it was happening in such a way that the, the father of the twins is a photographer. He works for CBS. So he was trying to set up pictures, like put my mom in the middle and then bring his mom and then bring his wife and all that. Well, the twins were in our arms at all times. So somebody was holding each one. So at one point, I just took one of them. I don't even know which one it was. And they were so sweet. They were sleeping. So I went to the corner and I just sat there. I said, until they need me, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this baby. So I was sitting there in this calm position watching this baby when the father of the twin brought the other one and just laid him on my arm, on my other arm. And I mean, I had them almost on top of each other because he was just doing things so quickly. I guess, you know, they're the parents and I have not been around twins that much. So I had both of them and I told my aunt, quick, take a picture because I... Each of them were sitting on top of each other. But I was like, oh, please, Lord, don't let me drop these babies. They are entrusting me with a bit too much right now. But both of them stayed asleep the whole time. And what a picture. Sometimes we are that way. We think we are carrying something that is so precious. We give so much time with. And then all of a sudden, the Lord drops something else in your heart. And it's like, Lord, I can't do this. And the Lord says, of course you can't. Without me, you can't do nothing. He said that in John 15, 5. And we are reminded of that over and over and over. Without him, we can't do anything. But with him, we can do all things. We can do all things. But that was just a picture. I know some of you that have twins, you probably say, oh, that's just a piece of cake. Whatever. But um, I, and, and another thing that is so important is the prayer, the prayer that we pray. Because there are times where your children or those entrusted to you are not around you. You probably are constantly praying for them or when they come to mind, pray for them. 
because we all need prayer. We all need prayer. I, I am not a scientist of mind. Everything I have is faith in God. And whatever the Lord, whatever the word of God says, I believe. And some things scientists say, I have a hard time believing. That's just me. And I argue sometimes with my brothers about this. And, and I know that maybe I'm not very wise about that. But anyways, but I say whatever the word of God says is what I'm believing. And of course, scientists, God has given them the wisdom. But twice in my life, I have been beside a scientist where the Lord has wanted me to witness to them. And both times, they were adult men. In their late 70s, one, we were in Dallas, and Terry was at a conference, and the kids were swimming, Jennifer and Benjamin, and I was reading the word by the pool, just sitting there, and there was a couple next to me, and I didn't realize that he was watching me as I was reading the word, and all of a sudden, he said, do you believe that, what you're reading? And I was like, I turned around, and he was talking to me, and I said, every word. Every word. I said, my family gave their life for Christianity because I believe every word of the word of God. And he said, I'm a scientist. I don't believe in God. And I said, well, I can't argue with you because I don't have a scientist mind. And I said, you're probably so much smarter than I am. And you're going to bring me all these, you know, whatever uh, we learned in school. I can't even remember in physics and all that. But anyways, he said to me, But he said, all this cannot be created. And he started telling me things that I really believe in my heart to be. And when I started talking to him, he started listening. Because I told him how my loved ones were massacred for Christianity. And not because of that. But I said, I have come to a point in my life where I've given the Lord my heart. And I believe every word God's word says. And I have lived it. I have lived it. And when I was talking to him, he got quiet. And he said, you know, my mom just passed away like a few years ago. I don't remember at the time how many years it had been. And he said, she always prayed for me. And that was like, I said, your mom, her prayers will be answered. Because I said, she's gone, but her prayers are still following you where the Lord is bringing you to someone at a pool somewhere in Dallas to know about God's word. And I am just amazed at how God will go when you pray. That mother had left this earth. She had prayed for her children. And here was one in in his late years in life, the Lord brings the word of God so it can just prick them in their heart. So whatever you're doing as unto the Lord, the Lord is going to reward you. You just take whatever he has entrusted you and give it to the Lord. And I know that there are some things in our hearts that only the Lord knows of all. And um, I want to finish with this, with this thought that I had this week. And it was just such a beautiful picture. And it's Jesus on the cross. He had a mother, Mary, which is Miriam in Hebrew. His na- her name was Miriam. And Jesus loved his mom. But also at times, he was God on earth. But he took care of his mom until the end. And there's another thing that I shock people when I tell them, but it's God's word. Jesus had brothers and sisters. 
because it says, is this not Jesus that we know his brothers and his sisters? The people from his town were saying, who does he think he is? We know his brothers. We know his sisters. But at the same time, the Lord entrusted Miriam with one more. And it is in John chapter 20. And uh, let's go there because I just thought this was one of the most beautiful pictures that I had seen. That what Jesus did from the cross. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which we know is John, because John is writing this, this book, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. He entrusted one more to Miriam. We don't know why, but we know that John was one of the youngest disciples. Maybe Jesus felt so responsible for him because John had a mother. John and James are the ones that their mom is the one that came to Jesus and said, please let my two sons sit on each side of you when you come in your kingdom. He was a, she was a mother that wanted the best for her sons. But at this point, I don't understand this, but I thought, what a beautiful picture that the Lord entrusts people with more because he has a plan. And here is the plan. And he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So there was a story that I said, you know what, the Lord, you are just so amazing because he brought it to my mind that he has plans for every woman. He has plans even when you think you have so much to carry, he still puts things in your hand because then you say, Lord, with you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And today I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and say, you know, he is the one that has called you. He's the one that has uh, given you a ministry, which is whatever it is. If you're a young mom at home, it's your young children, that's your ministry. If you work outside of your home and he has given you people, co-workers that you're witnessing to, that's your ministry. Or if you are an older woman praying for those that the Lord puts on your heart, that's your ministry. But whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Yes, sometimes people will say thank you. Sometimes people will realize what you're doing, but our reward comes from him. And so today, I just want to close with that. I want to pray for every woman that's here. And I am, I included, we need the Lord so much. I want to pray that the Lord will give us that zeal, that unction, that um, realization that we have a responsibility. Whatever it is, what is in your hand, do it as unto the Lord. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that created us. You are the one that has chosen us. You are the one that loved us so much, Lord, for you loved us so much. You gave your life for us on the cross. 
that when we believe in you, that is the ultimate love we can have, Lord, that when we believe in you, you give us eternal life. And I pray, Lord, for those that have not known you as a father, for those that have not known you as a savior, that today they will open up their hearts because you are the best father, Lord. And today, Lord, I want you to just reach forth and touch every mother, every woman, everyone right now that needs a touch from you for whatever situation they're going through. And at the same time, Lord, whatever, whatever you place in our hands, let us do it as unto you. Let us do it as unto you. And because our reward will be from you, Lord. And let us know, Lord, that without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things. Because with Christ in us, the hope of glory, we can do all things unto you, Lord. We praise you today. Bless everyone here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the songs I, I forgot I was going to ask you guys to sing with me is a very, very uh, well-known song that we all probably knew when we were children or you needed to hear it today. And let's finish up with that. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus. Jesus loves me. Sing it believing. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And don't forget.